0: cold open. Sorry about this, but we had some audio issues on this episode. You're going to have to pretend that Lauren is calling from a library on the moon or something. Uh, It's still a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. And on to the planned cold open. Happy New Year. Time for a project update. In the last two years, Elena, myself, and six guests have read 25 books by 20 authors spread across 21 episodes. And of those 20 authors, 15 have been women. Our favorite genre is science fiction by one, fantasy came in second, and interestingly enough, of those 25 books, eight have also been YA, and 12 could also be called romance. Our favorite author is Anne Leckie, no surprise there, because we've read four of her books on this project. So it seems like we like sci-fi for sure, and romance books. We like female authors, and it's probably all something that we already knew, but I would have guessed that we would have been reading a lot less sci-fi, but... We haven't. We've been reading mostly sci-fi, which is pretty freaking awesome. And Elena says she hates YA, but we've read kind of a lot of YA. And I think that's probably because I won't quit wrecking YA, but I think it's also because she secretly loves it. Last but not least, we have read at least three of our personal bucket list favorites on this project. So I recommended Dune and Foreigner. Elena's uh, recommended Snow Queen. So I think this has been a pretty great project so far. So on to episode 21 welcome to read this fucking book episode 21 a court of mist and fury by sarah j mass i'm rachel i'm elena And our special guest, Lauren, is back. Hi, Lauren. Hey, everyone. So we're back on the whole, you know, mass journey. And uh, with number two, uh, A Court of Mist and Fury. This is a new adult book published in 2016. It's the second in the court trilogy, which also has a fourth Christmas special installment kind of novella. And it continues the story of the human Pharaoh who was previously abducted by the Lord of the Spring Court, Tamlin, and brought to the Fae lands of Prithian in order to break a 50-year curse, which was a court of thorns and roses. Uh, we covered that in RTFB episode 11. And so it's 10 episodes later. Lauren is back. And we're going to continue this discussion. But
1: first, Elena, what is this book about? Okay, before I get into what this book is about... I'm going to say, I don't remember if I liked the first one. I don't remember what I thought about the first one. Um, I mean, I think I liked it well enough that, like, I said, hey, you can assign me the next one. I don't remember what I thought about Tamlin. So I'm just going to say, you guys who are listening, (laughs) it's like a year later. I'm a different person. um, And whatever I thought about that book, like, may or may not apply going into this book because God, a lot of my feelings changed from what I remember them being. But then I think, well, maybe I had some issues and then I can't remember for sure. But anyway, so this book, okay. (laughs) This book is about, um, uh, it starts out basically we pick up with Feyre in a really bad spot where she has all this, you know, had all this really terrible, life trauma happened to her in a very short span of time, and she didn't really have a chance to deal with any of it. And um, instead of the, the spring court being a place of healing, it's kind of become um, a shit show for her where everyone tells her what to do and basically takes away all of her all of the things that make her her because like she's such a fighter and she's so strong and she's so capable and she's so fierce and independent and they're like be the pretty princess and let everyone do everything for you and we'll tell you what to say and we'll tell you what to do and she's like dying inside and um you know tamlin uh, has uh has a new court advisor who's Ianthe. she's a, a high priestess and She's a new character uh, for this book, and they set up a wedding, and Feyre is inside literally screaming, like, I can't do this. Please, someone save me. Anyone save me. <laughs> and the uh, the guy who is somewhat of a villain, maybe intriguing character, at, at least in the last book, shows up and says, hey, remember that bargain we made in the dungeon? How you were going to come spend a week at my court? Yeah, I'm enforcing that now. Bye, Tamlin. And takes her away. So I'm going to and... stop you right there. I'm going to stop you yeah. right there.
0: Because remember well you don't but I recall when we talked of this and maybe you remember this Lauren but I had a hard time sort of justifying why I assigned that first book because I was very lukewarm about it and I Mm -hmm. had picked up the second book out of sheer boredom because it was just one of those books (laughs) that just kept getting wrecked to me on my Amazon list because I had read the first one and I had nothing to read and I was like oh fine I'll read it and it was that moment where I was like Oh, everything I hated about the first book is getting fixed! Yay!
2: <laughs> now, so I actually re-listened to the first uh, podcast we did on the first book uh, before doing it. this with you guys because yeah, it had just been so long. And Rachel, you and I were both to Elena at the end of that podcast, and we were like, "Read the second book! Like, we can't tell you! We can't tell you! Read the uh-huh. second book!" <laughs> and, and we you were know like what? we want to tell you
1: so much <laughs> and then we can't and it was so frustrating <laughs> and you know what you guys i don't know whether it would have what whether to thank you or say i would have read this book eight months ago if you had spoiled it for me um podcast listeners uh i'm about to spoil the shit out of this book um tamlin's an asshole <laughs> and had a shitty relationship and Rhys, is it how do you say his name Rhys, Rhys, reese, reese? reese. Rhys, Rhysand, Rhysand is, and, yeah. is, like, the actual hero of the story. And the the absolute emotional turnaround uh, where you, like, get basically get tricked by Tamlin right alongside Feyre and, like, have to then uh, face your own stupidity and, like, culpability and, like, all of the bad, icky, vulnerable feelings of having been taken in by a fucking player. Um, you have to feel all of that, like with her in this book and it's a masterful like emotional flip <laughs> but um I, at the same time i probably would have read the second book a lot sooner if y'all had just said tamlin's a false hero it's resand because i do remember this from the end of that episode being like but she's having a conversation with the dude on the balcony and i want to kind of go with that dude <laughs> yeah the dude on the balcony
2: You know, but, you know, we kind of talked about this the first time around, you know, especially when Clara finds herself under the mountain. Um, and it's facing Amarantha and Tamlin is just so fucking useless. Like he's useless through the whole thing. And it's, uh, who you know, helps her get through all
1: of this stuff. So I feel like there was a lot of that foreshadowing happening. Absolutely. Like going through the the book, I, I was like or going through this, this, even without having revisited the first book, I was like, okay, yeah, this was absolutely built up. Like there was, because there was always a lot of like tension between them. And he was always such an interesting character and he was like showing up to actually like help and be there. And maybe he had his own agenda, but maybe part of his agenda was also like that he liked her. That's a thing that happens. And then we find out, of course, that was exactly the thing. And that was awesome. But, (laughs) but I did promise you it's not really a love triangle. You did promise me that. And you know what, Uh, fair listeners, I want to say this. It took me literally two months to read the first, like, 40% of this book. And I finally texted Rachel and said, you have to spoil this for me a little bit. Does Tamlin come back or is he fucking gone? And once Rachel told me that, I finished the rest in four days. So, you know, (laughs) make of that what you will. But, like, uh, anyway, the rest of the book, uh, plot wise, is basically Feyre kind of finding herself again, and also uh, Reese not hiding from her the fact that there's an oncoming war with the King of Highburn, who Amarantha was working for when she took over Prithian 50 years ago. So um, it's like a lot of politics, and can we train Pharaoh with her cool new all seven high lords resurrected her powers um, in time for her to actually help uh, in that fight? Right.
0: It must be really hard for people to not spoil the books. Like, I mm-hmm. want to defend myself for re- kind of refusing to spoil you because I think that that, that whole switcheroo is really important. It's impressive. It's, like, impressive. it's impressive. It's so brave of not just Mass, but her publishers to allow her mm-hmm. to do that. Because, I mean, you're well into the second book before it really becomes very clear what's happening. Because mm-hmm. you had, I had the same anxiety that you had that, that she was going to go back to Tamlin, that this was all about, you know, thinking that you, the grass was greener or something, but then realizing that the, the original guy was the best guy kind of like thing. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen. And it's just really refreshing to think, well, we all have like an ex-boyfriend that was a mistake. <laughs> like, <laughs> It no not us we would never make
2: a mistake like that rachel what are you talking about
1: and we certainly wouldn't marry one.
2: Oh, no 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 <laughs> never <laughs> you know but i think we talked about this a little bit in the first book too um going into that first book I just had so much of an expectation that this was a fairy tale retelling of the Mm Tam Lin story and so it's so unexpected that she breaks away from that so completely you know in so many ways and I'm like oh like you know in the first book Tam Lin like like in the beginning I really liked him and then by the end he was really annoying (laughs) but I was like he's still you know this is still like going to be the story right so this book for me Um, I mean, I really enjoyed that first book a whole lot, but it was this book that just really took off for me. And it was because she just totally broke away and totally broke my expectations for what was coming next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Mm -hmm. other thing that there's there's also Mm -hmm. another character that really brought me into the series, but we're going to get to him in section two. We're still in (laughs) section one, House of Beasts, you guys. So, you know now that we've gotten this out of out of the way uh, our initial reactions i do want to kind of go section
1: by section so in, yeah, I, in I, house I, of I, oh go ahead oh i, I just as in a, a reply to what lauren was just saying um i i'm basically going to demand that we read the rest of the series or at least <laughs> that's available next because i'm hooked now and i mean what hooked me was the fact that like her relation. I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for romance. I read a lot of romance novels, even if I haven't made Rachel read very many for the podcast yet. But like, what what got me was like that's a relationship that. I can actually get behind her relationship with, with Reese because it's actually, like, all of the things that to me are markers of intimacy, they have. They're actually friends. They actually talk about things. They actually communicate. They share parts of themselves that they don't share with anybody else. It's like, yes, that, that's that's what you want mm-hmm. versus what she had with Tamlin was history and sex. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that. I have a whole Tamlin section. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, to to the point, this book also, I'm like, yeah, I'm in this series now because this book, the first one I was like, eh, I mean, that was a cute story and it was like an interesting retelling, but like had it ended there, like that would have, okay. But like now I'm like, oh my God, I need and
0: I should have known better because I also read her Throne of Glass books. And I, and that, that series just actually just finished. Um, Lauren and I actually met up for drinks before I went to that signing in October. Uh, and you asked her, I, you totally asked her. Yes. Rachel, I, you like me my entire month. I, I submitted a question for answering, uh, about safe sex in Feyland, <laughs> So, um, <laughs> just cause, you know, I just wanted to know and she answered it. So she was awesome. But, uh, I should have known that I was in for a switcheroo because the Throne of, I mean, the court books are my favorite because of the characters, but the Throne books, I mean, from the, from the first book to the, to the last book, it's almost as if you've read five different series and three different genres. (laughs) Like it just changes so much. And she just, she's, she just does that. It's like, oh, you think that this is the, the love? No, no kidding. oh Nope. Nope. That guy died. Oh, nope. She's nope. She's raw. Like, mm-hmm. it just changes all the time. So I, I don't know how, how stupid I was to think that it would have ever been Tamlin. But that's,
2: that's... That. You know, but, so I haven't read uh, that entire series. I got through the first half of that first book, and I couldn't stand it. I absolutely couldn't stand it. But I also read it after I read these books, mm. and I feel like she polished what she was doing in those books and these books. Yeah, um, I think if you know, can get it's like, through
0: like the first three books of that series, <laughs> you'll you'll be into it because she's definitely into her groove, <laughs> and and like the author that we like here in the court books in those later books.
2: Right, and I mean, as an author, you you have to kind of learn your way. You know, like, as you are a beginner beginning writer, you know, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to settle into your groove and to figure out what you're doing, and then convince uh, so, your editor
0: that you know you have that you can keep going yeah or that like let me do the weird crazy thing it's going to be okay you know
2: right so crazy props to her for doing that i just personally (laughs) couldn't get through that that first book there so i don't know if i'm ever going to make it back there or not but you know as of right now i'm very happy with
0: these books so we'll just keep going with this (laughs) um so yeah so anyway house of beasts section one that's the section that uh Feyre is in the spring court, essentially, and getting ready for her wedding and meeting Ianthe. Um, so I want to talk first about Fayra's PTSD because in the first book, and I know we talked about in that episode, you know, we did praise Mass for her attention to this idea that trauma exists and that g is going to experience trauma because traumatic things have happened to her and she's not, a, you know, she's not a superhero that just shrugs it off. Um, right. And I think that the the two main factors that we see that indicate that there is something wrong with Feyre is that she stops painting, right, mm-hmm. and she's having these terrible dreams. Um, what did those What did those dreams kind of do for you? Especially because that's kind of how it starts off, right? We have this kind of nauseous, fading Feyre who's supposed to be in her happy happily ever after as the book begins.
2: Well, at least for me on this reread, um, and I so I reread this book again a couple of months ago when we first started doing this episode. But that first scene, I mean, it hits you in the gut so much. But for me rereading this um, again, one of the things I was thinking about that I hadn't thought about on my first read through was the fact that the Supreme Court has never been a place of freedom for for Pharaoh like, through any of this, right? Mm, and yeah. we come out We come out from under the mountain, and it's like she's free. Like, she, she fought her way through, and she's free, and now she's going to have that happily ever after. But then I was thinking, I was like, how could she be free and have that happily ever after by going back to this place that wasn't a place of freedom to begin with? Yeah, she didn't um, have any
0: friends. There it, was no one there. Everybody was very secretive. They didn't tell her what was going on.
2: Right. Um, And she was very trapped there. And I think she was able to acknowledge that in the first book. But then, you know, she has this hope that the situation is going to change. And let's face it, when you're in a relationship like this, like, certain things are never going to change, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Tamlin is still Tamlin. This court is still this court. And... I didn't even, it's, I didn't even really think so much about the dreams she was having, but the fact that Tamlin cannot be bothered to comfort her, like, mm-hmm. it's such a punch in the gut. So like, I, obviously... I,
0: I want to interrupt you, because I was telling Elena this. Oh. I, I did my reread for this episode, uh, specifically with a lens where I was like, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to try to sympathize with Tamlin. <laughs> it had that go for it's you? It's so <laughs> difficult, because you know you're you're talking about how like he would change into the beast and like lay on lay on her bed while she's like having these terrible nightmares or like puking but not comforting her but it's like he might be going through his own bullshit too oh absolutely i mean he's got trauma too
2: but the fact that he totally like isolates her again like you know saying like you know the first time around like no one's telling her anything like he totally isolates her again and isn't willing to share himself and say yeah like i'm dealing with this too at least let me hold you or yeah. let's talk about I think it he's really afraid
0: he, of vulnerability he never really had to do that even when he was under the mountain
1: mm-hmm. well yeah i mean he's and he's he's absolutely using his um his emotional reality to to define hers i mean that he's basically telling her you're like, your emotional reality doesn't matter. What matters in this situation is mine. My pain, my fear, my need to protect Lord. you, my, mm. you know, my need to not be fucking bothered with your, with your emotions. Mm. Um, that's, like, that's what he's doing. And it's not to say that he's not in real pain or that he did not experience real trauma or that he's not terrified for her. But he is not dealing he's dealing with that in like the least empathetic and least healthy way imaginable and he is abusive toward her as a result of that of his yeah. absolute lack of empathy and unwillingness to look beyond his his own goddamn like pity party to see that he's destroying her
2: well I and mean, we've seen fair Farrah, like has had to grow as a person right like out through the first book she's a really flawed character she's a flawed character through all of this but we see her personal growth and development through sort of these terrible situations um with him it's like he's going through the same lessons she's going through but he's refusing to learn yeah anything. he's not learning anything
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah. it's like they're just so bad for each other and i i feel like he is You know how there is the criticism of the Beauty and the Beast story, where it's like you know it teaches girls that these flawed, abusive men, like, but maybe we can fix them, and if we're good enough, Mm -hmm. and we're and we're inspiring enough, we can fix them. And it's like, well, if you love them enough, or if you love them enough, enough. right? And it's it's like, is Feyre loved him so much she killed herself? Right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. she, she was murdered, but like she got herself into a situation where she was killed. She debased herself you know like covered in shit fighting a worm like making bargains with the devil is you know and like she killed people for
1: him and that like was she like killed innocence her, for you know. him
0: yeah so how much more do you have to love tamlin before he gets better like what does he want from someone
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah no and really um and i that it's kind of into the third book which i
0: <laughs> yeah, but like no. he's yes, just
2: this—you yes, we... <laughs> know—he just is this like almost incredibly whiny man baby, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, speaking of man I'm babies, baby.
0: can we talk about Lucian? Sure. Why <laughs> is he so fucking dumb? What's well, wrong with you know,
2: him? I think this is—you know—it's almost the opposite side then of the abusive relationship because. He's come out of his own really fucked up family situation, right? Like, extremely awful family situation. And Tamlin is like the first person who's treated him decently. So then he has this sort of misguided loyalty to Tamlin, even mm-hmm. though Tamlin's just as awful in his own right.
0: I think that's true. I think like Tamlin's like the only person who's probably ever clapped him on the shoulder and been like, we're pals. And so now he, he like, does whatever he wants but it's like can't he like can't he see that he's never gotten anything out of his relationship with tam like tam's a taker the here's
1: here's here's what this is called in psychology this is i believe called reaction formation and it's where you recreate the situation that you were in because you're tr- basically internally trying to resolve whatever family trauma you had by, like, playing out the situation with a different person. And if I can make it end differently here, that's going to, like, somehow magically fix all of, like, the hurt that I experienced um, growing up under this. So, some and sometimes it's, like, literally the same situation. And sometimes it's more abstract than that. And it's simply, like, say, he- like, Tamlin isn't overtly... Um, abusive to lucian but he's still like emotionally withholding or he only like approves of lucian when lucian does what he wants or plays the role yeah. that Tamlin wants him well, to I play
0: the, 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 and the saddest part is like pharaoh thinks of him as her friend absolutely and i don't think that lucian thinks that pharaoh is his friend
2: well, and through the first book, I mean, Lucian certainly goes out of his way. And, I mean, that's part of, you know, technically, I guess, his goal in like, setting her up with Tam Lin. But he really goes out of his way to mistreat her.
0: Yeah. you know, To be like, not me, this guy over here. like. you know. Oh, yeah, go to the forest. Get the cereal.
2: Like, he'll <sighs> be fine. <laughs> but, you know, Lucian, I think, is sort of the in-between Farah and Tam Lin in that he does learn... It takes him a little
0: while, but he, like, at least picks up things more so than Tam Lynn does. I mean, like, he might think, you know. this is this shit's fucked up, but I can't do anything
1: about it. <laughs> yeah, but he's at least <laughs> willing to, to admit that it's fucked up and give the, like, the I'm sorry look at her. But, like, I'm not going to risk my position and I'm not going to, like, get sent back to my own family just well, to, like, I- help you.
2: It goes back to that idea of trauma that we're mm-hmm. talking about too, right? Like, cause he's so traumatized, yeah, you know, and he's going to react out of that, that place of trauma, which we can all relate to, right? Like we all have those relationships where we're just like, yeah, we're not, not getting it in the middle of that one right now.
0: <laughs> have the think, fun with that. The thing about Tamlin is he's like, I am the Lord of the Spring Court, blah, blah, blah. Everything here is under my domain. <laughs> and you know, like... Everything belongs to him, you know. Everyone has their place for him. That's you know. That's why he thinks that Feyre is just gonna like fall into this like symbolic role. And mm-hmm. and and then I think about how if if he is so all knowing, then he must have known what his court was really like. And why would I mean? I, he I don't know. Does he is he is he loyal to Lucien? I mean, he's. Ugh. It's just so stupid. Basically, what I'm getting at is that Ianthi sucks, and why is she in his court?
1: <laughs> well, because I think Tamlin has made very—it's—it's cl- it's made very clear through like Tamlin's actions in this story that like he's—he's he's basically willing to justify any like moral or ethical slip because of his own personal feelings. Like, like in in, in that way, Tamlin is a truly amoral character. Like, he, he makes emotion-based decisions, and it's like, oh, like, you insulted me, uh, then I will kill you, or betray you, or, you know, whatever. Um, he's, like, he, there is no, there is nothing too low for him to stoop to, to get his way, and he, I think, justifies it to himself, because, like, that's what he's supposed to do or that's what everyone else would do or it hurts so much i you know i'm justified in doing this or whatever like i think that's how i think that's what he is but like it's uh, it's absolutely like a lack of ethics basically
0: yeah i wonder why of... i wonder why he felt that he needed to let ianthi do all the things that she did because you know, at least at the beginning I mean, what was she telling him that made him feel like he had to cooperate with her? I mean, he had just spent 50 years cursed and, you know, been there for the but death of Amarantha. And then this woman come, shows up and she's like, oh, by the way, our friend in Highburn wants you to do this, this, and this.
2: But I think that uh, we also have to remember uh, sort of his place as one of the younger High lords, And, mm-hmm. I mean, as as we get into the story later sort of the story of how he became High Lord. And I think there's that certain level of, I have to prove my power and my Mm -hmm. right to be here. And I think that's what Ayanthi does for him in a lot of ways, because what she's promising him is essentially power, right?
0: Right. And high standing. So he's toxic Um, masculinity. Yes.
2: (laughs) Um, And I think it's interesting, too, you know, because we have this whole thing of, like, female empowerment through Farah, But Iamthe already has this power. And, you know, when we first meet her, we we, we don't think of her. Like, I didn't, the impression I had of her, I mean, I was annoyed by her, but I wasn't, mm. like, oh, you're repulsed. Legal, repulsed, yeah. right? And so here's this other, like, powerful feminine figure that I almost thought was going to be, like, the opposite of Anna. Mm -hmm. So I like had that expectation as well. And so I think it's an interesting juxtaposition, like in just in terms of the women in the story of, you know, someone who is abusing her power, but is manipulative about it. And we don't like see it right away, but who seems like she should be doing all the right things, all the expected things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And not abusing it the way that Amarantha did.
0: Right. Well, she's, she's using, she has this kind of prop of, of the, of religion to, that gives her a lot more authority. You know, she's not just coming in and people don't look at her and think she just wants power. She's just working for someone like they think, oh, well, she's, she's bringing, she has my, my, you know, religious, you know, well-being at heart and I'm going to do everything she
1: asks because she's supposed to be a leader. Well, she, she's also kind of a, a counterbalance to the High Lords, because there's the High Lords, and then there's the priestesses. And so, because there's not really any High Ladies, um, <laughs> and so um, there's that sort of juxtaposition of, maybe may and this may also be part of what Tamlin's doing, is that if his court is aligned with you know, the priestesses um, or a priestess in a way that maybe most of the other courts aren't, then maybe that makes gives him more power or makes him more legitimate right. simply for having a power and an influence that the other high Lords do not have. Yeah. So it's kind of like a way to use his insecurity in his position, like, because he's willing to like let her in and have so much influence to Get himself more, you know, secure in his position. I think he's also insecure because he spent fifty years sitting
0: on his ass, essentially. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, but again, whose fault is that, Tamlin? Exactly, whose fault is that, Tamlin? And like not making any friends. And you know, he is. I think I forget which book he says this in, but he's like, you know, he he is at the forefront of the border, right? Like he's down right Mm -hmm. at the bottom along the border. That's his whole land. So you know, if Highburn attacks. And they're go and they're gonna come through to Prithian through the human area at the in the south, then they're gonna go through his court. He doesn't mean make- he has no friends. He doesn't think these people behind him are gonna back him up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He thinks he has to shore up his-, his alliances wherever he can get them. Except as usual, he goes about it in all of the wrong ways. Oh, absolutely. Oh Tamlin. <laughs> Oh Tamlin So I was thinking before i don't before we leave the the section House of Beasts and get to the wedding, I do want to talk about the tithe um that mm-hmm. does happen um so so Reese shows up and sort of activates the bargain right, and so she has to, she she ends up going back and forth, and there's this great juxtaposition between her life in the spring court and this kind of healing spa vacation that she gets to like (laughs) sample whenever she's with reese um and but one of the things that she encounters when she gets back uh, when she's in the spring court court is the tithe which is essentially the tax you know the tax season for the spring court and tamlin kind of shows his true colors when he he doesn't have any mercy for the people that have been suffering in, under, in his land for decades when he calls in the tithe. Uh mm-hmm. What did you guys think about that? Because I was just kind of like, this works. These people don't rise up and cut your head off.
2: Well, I mean, the tithe is such a traditional fairy thing, right? Um, you know, the whole idea of uh, sort of Halloween and the, the wild hunt and um, the tithe to hell and the traditional stories. Um, and it's also just such a, a sort of standard feudal thing to do with your, your peasants and your serfs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I wasn't surprised to see the tithe, but I do think that was one of the... Not the first place where I like really started to feel hinky about Tamron, um, but like it, it definitely... Struck me as being really wrong, but then I also think that you know, in her kindness, again going back to these very traditional fairy tale tropes, the fact that she does these favors uh, or mm-hmm. is kind to these mm-hmm. people, and they give her a promise to help her in return—that I did expect, and I was really intrigued to see how that would play out. Which, of course, we do later.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, um, I absolutely knew that at some point, maybe not this book, but at some point before the end of the series, that moment was going to come back. So I was really pleased that it happened so quickly and in, in, in this book, and I'm sure that the, um, I forget what they were called, but the, the water you know, fairies, the, water yeah. the water wraiths were pleased to be able to dispatch that debt so quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that was, that was a moment where it was like Tamlin is basically setting himself up to uh, be the new generation of absolute, like traditionalism. And yeah. yeah, Feyre is like the least traditional consort a fae lord could take. And so that's kind of like the first place where you're like, all right, honey, your actual value system is absolutely at odds with this guy and his value system and the kind of high lord he's going to be and the kind of court he's going to have like it was um i mean i i had absolute sympathy for pharaoh when she was like i can't sit here and do this and i cannot watch you basically um tell these creatures that you're going to be killing them in five days when they have failed to pay you because you know what, asshole, 10% of nothing is, oh, let me do the math. Nothing. They owe you nothing.
2: Well, and let's not forget that Sarah has been on their side of this. Like, yeah. she's been mm-hmm. so desperately poor for her entire life. But she she understands her empathy is in clear composition here with Tam Lin having no empathy because mm-hmm. she knows exactly what that's like and can't understand how he, through her, also doesn't understand.
0: It's almost mm-hmm. like they have nothing in common. Oh, wait. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, i Rachel. So I, I want to talk about the wedding because it's such a masterful scene. I read it again on the train home. Where, you know, not only is she being triggered by the red, right? But then she has Ianthi, who she's kind of, like, doesn't really have a connection with because she's representing a type of femininity and a type of inclusion in the court that she just doesn't really feel. And she's walking mm-hmm. down that aisle. And she's in that dress that she hates that she didn't even pick out. And people are telling her that she's got to do all this shit that she doesn't want to do. And she's mm-hmm. just trying to convince herself to go through with it but then also kind of have it being like no 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 you're not gonna do this <laughs> um and she, you know and then and then
1: Reese shows up and it's just like but this... no pause because this is the thing that I love the very most is that Feyre Feyre has decided within herself that she can't do this before he shows up yeah and I think that is so important like that cannot be overstated that she has already decided she's that already she's decided. not gonna marry him at least not today and she's like oh fuck oh, fuck, what do I do? Because this wedding's, like, here and all the guests are here and I don't want to, like, whether I marry him or not later, I don't want to humiliate him in front of everybody in the, you know, in his court and half of his allies uh, by saying no on our wedding day. But she's already made that choice within herself that this ain't happening, at least not here today like this. And that... And then Reese shows up to rescue her, to give her the actual He shows up in
0: such a Reese way, right? I mean, that's just one of the things I love about him so much is just he's just got a flair for the dramatic. (laughs) He's delightful. He's utterly delightful. (laughs) I think, like, God, so many men could just... It's like, okay, we don't want you to neg us. We just want you to, like, have the kind of cheeky confidence to know when you can, you know, make a dramatic entrance and it will be appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so he, you know, it's like the darkness comes in and he's there and, and, and he calls in this debt and says, all right, well, bye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, can we also take a second to talk about, um, the fact that she's still adjusting being Faye, Mm -hmm. like there's Mm -hmm. also that that after when she wakes up and she has the traumatic cream and she's in the bathroom and tamlin's being an asshole and that whole thing there's the the whole description of just how long uh or not even how long but what it's taken her to just be able to walk again Mm -hmm. and like open doors and you know not bump into things and i feel like uh, Reese, in all of his glory, I, one of the things he does for her is like give her the space to just figure herself out again, mm-hmm. um, and shows you know through his actions that even though she's she saved herself, she's willing to do what it takes. She's died, she's been reborn. He's the only one who's willing to like give her. I, and I hate using the term sp- safe space. I hate it. I hate it so much. But that's what he does. Right? He gets her out of this situation. He brings her to his
1: court. And he leaves her alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, here you go. Yeah. Well, Have he, fun. He, he, he's the only one who's 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 able to look at what she actually needs and then give her that, which is basically... Is, like, that time and space to just, like, adjust and to not have to be anything but herself. Even if that's, like, broken and doesn't talk or do anything but, like, take a bath and eat breakfast for a week. Like, that's okay. Like, it's okay if that's where she is. Whereas in Tamlin's court, that's not okay. She's supposed, she's the prize. She's Tamlin's Mm -hmm. happily ever after. Like, it's literally in that court, she is a side character in her own life because of who she is to Tamlin in that situation. Whereas, like, she kind of gives her space to just, like, live your story. Like, come here and do what the fuck you want to do. I got business, but, like. I think that's also, like, two, there's two parts to that. There's one of that is, like, Reese just, like,
0: having kind of inside knowledge of what's going on in her head. and Touche. And being, but, and also, but being willing to give her what she needs, right? It's not just about that. But I yes. think it's, I think it's also is he's a very observant person in general, and when mm-hmm. he he likes to observe the dynamics right of of a situation, and if you when we finally meet his court, they're all kind of different. He seems to be good at reading people and getting and giving people what they need. Mm-hmm. And he does that for Feyre. And I think it's just a. a it, I don't think it's as calculating as him being like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let her leave her alone because that will fix her." I think it's more like that's his inclination anyway. And mm-hmm. you know, he has that knowledge the inside knowledge from the bond that you know oh this is actually she's feeling better so i'm gonna keep doing this i mean when she first gets there right like talk about uh, a difference like when between when she first shows up in the spring court and when she first shows up in the house of wind when she throws her shoe at him (laughs) (laughs) Um, because she's just not ready for that cheekiness right she's not she tries he's trying to be reese to her and she's like nah throw him a shoe at you <laughs> <laughs> not right now
2: well i also love the fact that even though you know his motivations in comparison to tamlin's are so much better but at the same time he really just loves fucking with tamlin too oh, yeah. like there's yeah. definitely that element of just like i'm gonna mess with you now and screw over your wedding and like have the dramatic entrance and whisk her away Yeah, he could have
0: just taken uh, her. he didn't have to do the whole thing but he just couldn't help oh yeah so yeah his his sort of sense
2: of humor in the midst of all of this really like dark traumatic stuff is is really
0: wonderful uh so i want to i want to keep us advancing so we uh pharaoh's gone to the house of wind and eventually um decides to stay there when uh tamlin refuses to allow pharaoh to partake in any kind of decision-making or agency in the, the spring court, and he locks her in the in the mansion, and she can't get out. Um, and that kind of makes her freak out, and Reese sends more in to get her, bring her back to uh, the House of Wind, essentially, and uh, she decides to stay and not go back.
1: Yep, so, so it's all by the book. It's she, all she very not, by the book. Yeah. She was taken, she was not, she was not captured, taken captive and it was not by another high lord i mean so far all <laughs> we know
0: about all we know about more in this situation is that she's like perky and seems to want to be friends with fayra and also is really strong <laughs> mm-hmm. she just carries fayra out when she needs it uh
2: well and i like that uh, and again i know we're we're playing
0: politics in this moment but mm-hmm. at the same time it's a woman rescuing yeah. a woman right <laughs> yeah well, I can't, imagine. he can't send in Cassian or Azrael. It would not go well. No, no. Cassian will burn the place down. Azrael will kill everyone. I mean, there's no one there, but he'll kill everyone. Bad. Send in more. More is much better. That's her, that's her job, right? Like she's, she's third in command because she's good at negotiating and keeping the peace. Uh, well, yeah, I
1: mean, that's her, that's her job. She's, she's essentially the, the actual, in a brass tack sense, she's the queen of of the night court she actually runs it so she knows how to play politics and she knows how to you know read other people and beyond that she seems I don't know like I I think I texted Rachel is like I want more to be my best friend like she's awesome she seems very kind and very open but also very willing to say okay you're not ready yet girl I'll catch you later it's cool like and isn't Mm -hmm. like offended that Feyre doesn't immediately like want to be her friend or like anything like that like she's she's you can tell that like whoever or whatever she is and has or hasn't been through like she's secure in herself and that's an important and that's great like that's one of the things that
0: mass does that i love so much is that she she makes it feel like you maybe didn't read a book or didn't read several books and you've just kind of started Mm -hmm. in the middle of the series because it's like oh wait i'm like Moore had a whole like adventure before this and she fought in a war and she had all these friends and stuff happened to her and stuff happened to all of these characters before we meet them in a way that mm-hmm. seems like more immediate than usual. it's like it's not ancient history it's like it informs right. every decision and uh, like their entire personality so we're in the house of wind and we are getting to meet reese's inner circle so we love more right we love She's warm. She's inviting. She has great fashion sense. She's a little risque, but I I like that about her. <laughs>
2: well, and again, the, all of his inner circle um, are, are just comparisons to Tamlin in the Spring Court, right? Mm-hmm. And Lucian and that whole situation, and everything that is off in the Spring Court is right or on, you know, here in this court with him. And, um, even though Farrah doesn't really want to acknowledge it or see it right away. Like you just immediately feel better. At least I, as reader did in meeting these characters. I, I like,
0: okay. When I, when, they, okay. When she first, when he, when she decides I'm going to go to Valaris, I'm not going back. Like take me to wherever you're going to take me. And he takes her to Valaris and they go to the townhouse and Azrael and Cassian are at the doorway. That's when I knew, I was like, this is it. These, this, <laughs> these are going to be my faves. And they were, reader. They were. <laughs> Cassian and Asriel are my babes. I love everything about their little entrance. I love their whole, like, straight guy, you know, comedy guy dynamic. I like that they're supposed to be these, like, overwhelmingly deadly powerful like like ridiculous like walk in slow motion with stuff blowing up behind them kind of like (laughs) characters but then they're also just be like what (laughs) i just love it they're stupid they can't be that deadly when they're so stupid
1: (laughs) well they're certainly excellent um foils to reese because I mean, like, I mean, let's be real. The most interesting thing about Tamlin's court is Lucian. Because, like, how does the son of the High Lord of the Autumn Court end up, like, being the sworn, you know, number one of the Mm -hmm. Spring Court High Lord? Like, that's weird. Like, that's, like, the most interesting thing that ever happened to Tamlin. Whereas, like, with Rhys, all of his inner circle, like, they have a weird backstory. They're all someone that, like, was kind of a misfit. And he saw something in them or he connected to them and like saw a value that no one else saw because of their their social role but he wasn't looking at the role he was looking at the individual and was like i've valued yeah. this person or this person like has something to offer me and i have something to offer them yeah and i don't and... think
0: that i like reese isn't afraid of losing his power like he he delegates to so much like mm-hmm. his, his inner circle is really large you know, Tamlin only has Lucian, and Lucian doesn't do anything. He doesn't get to make decisions. He's, like, a glorified, you know, guard. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Azrael and Cassian, like, they're they're the military guys, and they're the lowest-ranking members of his court. You know, he's got Amran and more to actually make all the decisions and to make everything work. And he mm-hmm. kind of asks them, well, what do you think? I like that. I like that he doesn't, that he's secure enough in his power to share it. Yeah. Well, and,
2: and I think he also has a much greater sense of his responsibility to his people mm-hmm. versus Tamlin's, you know, decision to be all about himself. You know, Rizan does everything in his power and we don't see it right away, but as the story unfolds, you, you get that sense that he is doing everything he can to protect his people. And it's not about, him, you know, he understands that he might have to sacrifice himself um, to take care of them, which is obviously what a leader ought to be doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's not playing the, the games that Tam Lin is playing. Um, he's like, okay, fine. Maybe I don't have allies, but I can change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I, you know, can't go find other allies, like, I'm, I'm going to take care of this stuff myself. Like, but my people come first.
1: Well, he's not playing the role of High Lord. He is the High Lord. And that's the difference. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's really easy to, you know, we're talking about um, his inner circle being
2: these badass, you know, characters, right? But, like, Rizan himself is considered to be terrifying, right, by the rest of the High Lords. Like, everyone's terrified of him
1: absolutely yeah, terrifying can, like,
0: people <laughs> can just
1: right. like... <laughs> well for, for multiple reasons i mean we we don't we we see him through Pharaoh's eyes primarily and she's like mm, who's this intriguing motherfucker and she's not afraid of um, him right and she's not afraid yeah. of him but um i mean he's you know he's blatantly openly considered the strongest like presumably in a magical sense like the strongest high lord in history like you don't get that said about you for no reason and not and not only does he have, like, the High Lord powers, but he also is half Illyrian, which is uh, a warrior race. And they have their own peculiar powers and strengths. And so he kind of has, he has a double dose of, of power and strength. So if he can't get you with his High Lord power, he can get you with his Illyrian, like, mind blast. And, or wings. His wingspan. <laughs> his wingspan. The wingspan is my penis. <laughs> make a captain hammer joke oh
0: god just i just i can't get over the wingspan jokes because it's like because <laughs> i'm reading it and i'm reading it and i'm like oh god <laughs> this is the kind of thing i would have been like if i was in like seventh grade and reading this i would have been like the funniest fucking thing i'd ever read mm-hmm. but it's still funny i mean i still send the shit post memes to elena at, like three in the morning i still do that
1: um, oh yeah and it's it's awesome
0: the quality of the shitpost memes uh, for this fandom is really high. I just want to commend everyone out there <laughs> who is feeding, feeding those hashtags with just wonderful bullshit. Because <laughs> I think I've, I think I sent every Cassian one I could find that wasn't a spoiler to Elena at one point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I asked. I was like, Rachel, I'm really struggling. I need help. This was before I asked for the spoiler, so I was like, send memes, and she did.
0: Yeah, I probably shouldn't have concentrated on Cassian, but that's you know.
1: You are Cassian. It's fine. I am Cassian. It's fine. Um,
0: I am Cassian. I want to be Cassian. <laughs> I can. I can be him. <laughs> uh. Anyway, back on track. Uh, we've met Reese's inner circle. So first, uh, the first mission is the prison, and then um, that doesn't go so great uh it's real scary we know that oh right he's the king of the night court whatever that means there's real scary shit in his kingdom it's not like trees and butterflies and like trees that sing to you like tamlin has
1: (laughs) it's kind of a pussy court oh i have claws
0: that sings a song to you that's great i have this really scary like infernal prison that has beings that can't even be seen except in metaphor. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they go there. It doesn't look so great. But then um, Reese sends uh, Fera on a task uh, to the Weaver. And I want to talk about the Weaver. because She's one of the, the awesome Weaver. monsters. Weaver. Lauren, the Weaver. Lauren, go. What do you love about the I Weaver? I love
2: the Weaver. Okay. Well, so can we just reemphasize, we talked about this in the first episode, um, how much I love Moss's monsters. Um, and of course the monsters we've met in the first book are like totally trumped here in the mm-hmm. second book. You're mm-hmm. like, it can't get worse. It can't get worse than the adder. And then it does. Um, and the adder is so terrible. But, um, the weaver, um, we, let's see, to, let's see, in the first book, we meet the weaver for the first time and Feyre has this like, it, right? We, we do meet the weaver no, in the first
0: book. The no, we the weaver book. Because he sends so, her there to get the ring, remember? And she has yeah. the, she has all the fat in her in her chimney, the human fat. Yes.
2: Okay. So, um, for some reason, I was thinking the Weaver in the, the first book, but you are right. Um, and the Weaver is just so absolutely utterly terrifying. And Reese sends her into this cottage. Thanks, Reese. Um, <laughs> <and> right <laughs> with with this monster, and she's blind, but of course, like. You know, we we presume or assume that all of her other senses are going to be heightened. And, of course, we're talking about a fairy monster, so, like, that's even, you know, scarier. Um, And he gives her this task that she's like, what, what are we doing? And, yeah, that whole scenario is just absolutely terrifying well, i want to
0: talk about it because it's like you know we're we're giving reese a lot of credit for being like sensitive and giving pharaoh what she needs but there's also this mercenary part of reese where he's like you know i like you you're hot but you've got something i need and it's this this all these other powers from the high lords right and right he sends her to the weaver as a test to see if she can do what he needs her to do
2: yes and but again like what happens if she gets
0: eaten by the weaver reese what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my
1: goodness.
2: goodness that's, and that's we... why he
1: was you know hang, hanging out like I know, i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one that takes you to the test because we know he you know he could winnow like right outside the cottage and get her out if she you know actually fucked up but but I would he so. have that's the question
2: uh, and we can't spoil the third book, can we? No. Oh, we can't. Because the Weaver, no. oh, the Weaver
1: man, um, <laughs> she's so delightfully Abort. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, anybody, anybody that, you know, sits there and spins a thread out of, you know, human hair human life uh maybe not just human i don't know like it was very she was very like both literal and metaphorical weaver because it was like oh I, I plucked your life and now i'm going to weave it into or put it in this thread and then i'm going to weave it together and it's like but not in this like a uh, sort of weaving the future kind of way it's like no i'm just weaving horrible shit like so there's <laughs> three
0: monsters in the witcher games called the, the one's called the weaver the weave s, the brew s and uh oh it's another s but they're horrible yeah and the those three of them kind of, playing
1: them which i want to hold yeah you to at some point
0: <laughs> yeah um if you don't know if you if you guys don't play witcher 3 i encourage you to google witcher 3 brew s or Weavess there's Weves is my favorite that's why i can remember her name but they are so gross. And when I think like their mm-hmm. their their bodies are kind of just like just like like mm-hmm. d- distended and elongated and and like weird and, and they're rotting and they have like baskets for heads and like blood yeah, they're and guts kind of, and like extra arms sewed on that they found. They're they're very hieronymous Bosch like type yeah. of distortion. Yeah, but like with more like smells. You know like <laughs> And that's what I think of when, when I think of the weaver, like, you know, we meet the bone carver in the prison and we don't really know what the bone carver is, but he's, mm-hmm. it's, it seems more, you know, cleaner, less, <laughs> less covered yeah, in human fat.
1: Yeah. Would well, the, the, uh, um, I don't, oh God, I don't think the, I don't think. This monster was, um, in the first Matthew Swift book that we read, but there's, a, a, a monster, I want to say it comes up in the second Matthew Swift book that's, um, like basically based on the rendered fat of like fry shops and like the, the slop that clogs your oh, drain. God. And it's like the most fucking disgusting thing ever. And that's all I could think of when she was climbing up that chimney and like yeah. getting that like fat that had like plopped off and melted and like risen in, in, in the smoke up that chimney and i was like oh that's uh that, that that's like that matthew swift monster i forget what oh, she called gross. it but it was amazing yeah it's just like that
0: it's like the smell and then it's honor and she wants it to get off but then they like they kind of like well we can magic it off but it's not really gone <laughs> it's just yeah. like well, um. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Who who has just been so traumatized is,
2: like, traumatized all over again. And, you know, I kind of went into, like, you know, it's going to be bad, but I also had, you know, sort of, I think, with Valina, I think you may have mentioned this a second ago, just the idea of the weaver and fate, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of what this is playing into, when really it was playing more into the Celtic um, fairy tale mythology of the murdered sister who gets like turned into a harp you know or some instrument and the bones sing you know like the the later on they find the the instrument that was made out of the, the murdered person's body and the the instrument sings what actually happened to them and that's how the murder is revealed right traditionally it's the the evil sister who kills the the beautiful sister that's gonna get Marry the prince right and later you know some poor hapless bard is like oh look at this beautiful harp i'm gonna play it and then it's like oh i'm a murdered person you know and so that's kind of what the weaver ended up reminding me of which i also loved that's interesting <laughs> which, which probably makes me a sick twisted person but i do like my murder ballads. so it
1: makes you a it makes you a folklorist and a lover of obscure stories. <laughs>
0: what is it about folklore that
1: everything's got to be gross? <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's always gross. It's always gross. Like, that was
1: because that was the bridge from the dark time to the modern time. Somewhere
2: I was going to say it's the common human experience, right? <laughs> like
0: we're just gross. gross creatures, like always. I wonder if Farrah has to shave. Anyway. <laughs> Uh it's like am the only uh monster I can think of right now that's scarier than the weaver is Nesta. So next up <laughs> Saturate. Oh.
1: By the way, that oh. that that was the name of the Matthew Swift monster, the saturate. The saturate, oh. all right. So yeah, it.
0: Nesta. <laughs> yeah, Nesta. So after that, after she proves that she can track down and uh you know, find things with her her not borrowed but gifted High Lord powers, uh they go to the human lands to meet up with Feyre's sisters because they need to establish a camp and figure out how they're going to contact the queens of the human world and all this stuff. Um, So we go there and then we kind of see again what Tamlin has done for her family, which I think is still really important to remember that they're no longer poor. Uh, They're kind of restored and maybe even a higher level than they were before.
2: And they, Unlike Farah, seems to have very easily forgotten yes. being poor, yes. which I also thought was important. Like, Farah's carrying this with her. You know, it's still a core part of who she is. And maybe it's because she was the youngest and she doesn't really remember life before being poor, at least not the way her sisters do, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that last episode. But I feel like the rest of her family has kind of, like, been like, oh, we're we're rich again. Like, that never happened. Like, we can just pretend that wasn't a thing. I mean, we'll talk about it as a family, like, in this scenario, but, like, we're not going to acknowledge it to our neighbors and, like, all of that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, plus, Feyre was the one that did the bulk mm-hmm. of the caretaking in that phase of their life because their dad just checked out and Nesta played chicken with him and let him. Which is still like such a Full Metal Bitch move. It's amazing, and <laughs> Elaine was like the. So, I mean, she's like that gentle, fragile flower that everyone else needs to take care of. Yeah, I just want to you shake know. Elaine. I just want to shake uh, her. <laughs>
2: and, and what's and what's up with that fiance? Of yeah, what's, that what's she's madly that? in love with? Oh my goodness, he's kind of scary. He like when I first read that book, I was like, "Can we get into politics?" It's like Liesel and the. It's, it's
0: like Liesel and the Nazi. It's like, wait, wait a second. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, here's the, like, Trump conservative, right? Like,
2: <laughs> the, the hardcore fanatic oh that God. is <laughs> just as scary in their own right as everything yeah. else
0: happening. So. Yeah, yeah. She goes there and, like, you know, her her, her sisters still suck, um, although there's something going on. Cassian's kind of like, oh, what's this? <laughs> a battle. <laughs> I accept. Uh <laughs> Uh, And Elaine is kind of clueless and wandering around and they were like, well, they're like, okay, well, let us talk to the queens here. Mm. I mean, it's weird because, you know, she hasn't seen them. It's not like she wanted to go back and now she has to go back and she's a fae, which, you know, her sister is like, oh, shit, I'm wearing an iron wedding ring. I'm supposed to, like, hate you and want you to die.
1: Mm. Family love.
0: Awkward. (laughs) Awkward.
2: You know, but I still,
1: you know, um, I still like
2: Nesta's bitchiness
1: in this book. <laughs> oh, Nesta gets better every time you oh, see I love her. Nesta. I yeah, love her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that even, like, these, you know, 500 year old, you know, most powerful people in Prithian's history are like, uh, that's one that we can't fuck with.
0: Yeah, Nesta just yeah, looks at them and she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like,. <laughs> There's just something yeah, I mean, really great about that. She's so stupidly brave and stubborn.
2: <laughs> you know, I don't even think it's stupid, right? Like she has such utter self-confidence, what? and like I really wish I could carry that with me in my life. And just like, be, like
0: I mean, I think they they must everybody. have that a little bit as a family because you know there are lots of points where Pharaoh's just like, well, Kyle, kind of, let's do it. You know, let's do this thing. Yeah. And I think you know maybe she learned that from Nesta a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's possible. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine, I,
2: especially if you're dealing with Nesta, like, what do you do to, like, stand up to that, you know? And were mm-hmm. not that Vera really stood up to her, per se, in the, the first
0: book, but she was able to like, kind of deal with her, right?
2: Yeah, that's, maybe like, that's
0: why uh, Reese isn't so scary. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the the monsters of Prydain. Yeah, like, she's okay, like
2: yeah.
0: whatever.
1: <laughs> Have you met my sister? <laughs> I my
0: sister um, so you know, after during all of this, kind of Reese makes I think his first big fuck up uh, in dealing with Feyra, where he kind of lets his own machinations come first, and he uses Fera as bait to attract the A'Tor. Uh, oh. And so- wait, wait,
2: before we get to the adder though, um, and again, remembering that it's, it's been a, a couple months here since I've reread this book, um, the queens, yes. the human queens, uh, I think for me they were so interesting, especially in the context of the rest of her family, because I feel like it's really easy to sort of do the, the like, here's the high fey and here are the high lords and the courts and like their politics are going to be so much more extreme, right, than the humans. And, like, humans have this kind of, like, oh, well, they're sweet little non-magical, you know, things over there on the border. They don't have real power. But then we meet the queens, and the queens, like, totally
0: fucked with my whole idea of, you know, sort of the human versus fae politics situation. Um, Yeah. Well, it seems like, you know, just because they're not fairies doesn't mean they don't have magic. Right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. They definitely have magic, and they're definitely, they have their own agenda, and they're definitely a power to be reckoned with. And I think that's what I didn't expect, right? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, human queens, whatever. Like, oh, whatever. side who,
0: side characters, whatever, who cares? Right. Yeah.
2: And yet, suddenly they show up and you're like, damn. Oh, yeah. What just happened? Yeah, there's I'm
0: lots sure. and lots of powerful women in the story, uh, you know, and really self-assured women or women, women who are confident in their own abilities, which is really nice.
2: And who have their own agendas. Yeah. You know, that don't go wrong with what we expect of them.
0: Totally. And <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that they say to those queens. Uh, they meet the queen several times. I think the last confrontation when, when more, no, the second to last one, when uh, Moore is kind of trying to appeal to them um, in the third part of the book, I think.
1: No, it's still in mm-hmm. the
0: second part of the book. Um, when more is appealing to them and saying, you know, I, I used to know your ancestors. I was their friend. You know, they, they would be ashamed of you that you won't help us, that you won't ally with us. And they're like, but why? They're like, This is your problem. Like, why would we risk ourselves? And it's like, you want us to risk everything for a little sliver of land that we don't even really care about anyway? Like, I kind of felt their point. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I, I
0: definitely felt their point. I
2: mean, of course, you're you're still rooting for the other side, but I mean, it's definitely a valid
0: point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so, so Reese kind of uses Farah as a, a he, you know, they go outside to practice winnowing or whatever, but in reality, he's leaving her out in the woods because he knows something's lurking and he wants to draw it out. And when Feyre finds out, she gets pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed about that. Well, because it's like
1: it's like immediately like that's what Tamlin would do.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And whether yeah. it's yeah. there or not, like there's at least for a while going to be that comparison, like that gets raised oh, yeah. immediately.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, she she doesn't always say it out loud, but it's definitely happening, and it's happening at the same time as her kind of dealing with this idea that it's like, well, if I sacrifice everything for him, but I fall out of love with him then what was it all for? Am I, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and also struggling so all with those times of, <clears throat> with her new, like, immortal, immortal status. And she's like, I mean, it's been two months. What, but, but is that in immortal terms? Like a day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The whole like obsessing over how
0: long is long enough before she like engages in flirtation with a guy. It's just, it's very odd. Um, <laughs> but it's also kind of like, it's like the patriarchy tell it to shut up. <laughs> You know, but at the same time, like she died for Tamlin. Yeah. Right? Well she, that that she, argument I understood, but the whole preoccupation with how much time had gone by was a little weird. Wow. Well, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I guess then Oh, yeah. So between them, uh, so after that happens, they decide, you know, uh, Rhys is kind of like forming his plans. And he keeps a lot of things close to the chest and doesn't really tell Pharaoh exactly what's going on. But he he does, you know, eventually tell his court, like, we're going to go um, and we're going to get the book, this book, this magical book. The queens have one book and the other book is in Prithian and it's in the it's in the summer court. So we're going to go there. Cassian can't go because he's banned for life because he burned down that one building that one time.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you burn down a building once and they just <laughs> never forgive you for it. For I mean, you. It's, a, it's
0: just a thing, it was right? One building? They've uh, <laughs> got magic. They can <laughs> rebuild it, right? Yeah. Azriel can't go, presumably because he worked for uh, Reese's father for all those years and everyone knows he's a spy and he's just kind of a violent dude anyway. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Uh, so he's bringing Amran, the scariest person in the world, and Feyre going to the Summer Court to steal from their only potential friends. <laughs> it's gonna go great.
1: And it's so it's so terrible be, too, because like the the King of the Summer Court like genuinely wants to be Rhys's friend. He's like, I feel like we have this simpatico kindred spirit thing here, and like let's be friends and ally together against the rest of them fuckers who don't get it, who have no vision. and just want to keep doing what Tamlin's doing and recreating the past and never changing and never moving beyond our shitty old traditions.
0: Yeah, he wants to, he wants to kind of do a better job in terms of like the class structure and like integrating lower fae and all that stuff. And well, we know he's that we feel another... strongly about that because Rhys's part, you know, Illyrian. He's,
2: he's another young high lord, yeah. right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is someone who's really actively interested in not being his parents, right? Yes. But he still has to prove his power, too. So he's sort of also... He's kind of like Lucian in that in-between state, right? He's not Tamlin, but he's not Reese either. Mm -hmm. And they have to, like, strike this really delicate balance with him. Um, And so, you know, like, yeah, it's really... in a lot of ways for me it was really heartbreaking because you see like this is one of the first High Lords we meet where we're like yes we like him like we like him and yeah, we're we like, like Reeves we like Tarquin and we want him to succeed and he's not awful of, like the, the High Lord of the Autumn Court or like Tan Lin you know and he's this really sympathetic character and a book that often lacks sympathetic characters mm-hmm. right
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I do – I did enjoy the section where uh, Reese kind of just goes through. He's like, look, he's like – I because Farrah's like, why don't you just ask him for the fucking book? Like, let's just ask. <laughs> why do we have to be stealing all the time? And he's like, well, because of these reasons. He's like, I've thought about it. Here is how I think through everything. And then you realize, oh, Reese, like, he's a thinker. He doesn't make emotional choices. He's not doing things – because he doesn't trust people he's he's doing things because he does trust people and he also trusts his own read on which way people are going to go so they're doing this the you know underhanded way and i think reese is thinking well i'll fix it later somehow if he gives me a chance i'll fix it later but right now you know saving prithian is worth more than whether or not this guy likes me so they steal the book right which is when the tithe. Uh, comes back with the water wraiths they save Pharaoh and amran when they fuck up and almost drown in the in the <laughs> temple who didn't mm-hmm. see that coming <laughs> i was actually really <laughs> surprised because like amran's supposed to be this huge badass and we haven't seen her flex at all and then like the mo like the the scene where she's supposed to flex she completely fails and freaks out and you know amran we
2: haven't really talked about amran yet Um, she's such an interesting character because she is this huge badass, right? And she's supposed to be terrifying, but we don't know what she is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and even.
0: We know she drinks blood. That's all we know. (laughs) Yeah,
2: she she drinks blood. Everyone's terrified of her.
1: Everyone's super polite to her. She likes jewelry. Um. (laughs) The implication is that she used to be something else and was given a body of a you know, of a high fae, even though that's not what she is. Right. Right. She's trapped in a a high fae body. Yeah.
2: And I think unlike every other character or monster or whatever that we've met in the book, Amorim was the only one where I was like, I can't pinpoint what this is referring to. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she was. Like, I could think of multiple things she could be. But, like, until it's actually revealed what she is. And I don't think
1: that happens till the third book, right? Yeah,
0: it's the third book. It's definitely um, not the second. Yeah. Um, but to me, I, it's I, always, like, I just think of, like, Final Fantasy, where it's, like, there's always, like, these goddess characters that are, like, I'm a human, or, like, I look like you. But it's really just, like, an avatar for some some other, like, celestial kind of being with all this power. That's how I think of Amorin.
2: And then I also like the fact that um, she gets a little sidetracked in this. <laughs> yes, she does she, get sidetracked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like sort of, maybe not unexpectedly so, like
0: if I remember correctly, there there's some history there. But uh, Well, yeah. I think what's I funny is that because Feyre doesn't know everything, she reads it totally wrong. She's always like, oh, look, they're always standing next to each other. They must be like testing each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they were doing. <laughs> Uh (laughs) they're just standing next to each other they're they yeah uh so so yeah after after the summer court uh we they go back to the queens where i was talking about where more kind of appeals to their better nature and it doesn't work so then reese kind of like snaps and he's like well fine i'll prove that i'm awesome because their whole issue is they're like, well, we can't trust that you're going to be a good person. You know, you're a monster. We we know who you are. Like, every everything we know about you indicates that you are a bad man that we should not be parlaying with. So prove to us that you're not just going to be worse than Highburn. And I guess his only idea is to reveal everything, <laughs> so he has to go back to the Court of Nightmares to get this Veritas Globe, so that Moore can use some of her Morrigan powers to show them the truth about Valaris and and the fact that Valaris is this beautiful city of art uh, and love and where everyone is content and happy and safe because of Rhys will prove to the Queens that Rhys isn't a monster. Uh, it's so we city get to talk of dreams, about dreams, Rachel. It's
1: a city, the city of, of dreams.
0: dreams. But this is leading me to the court of nightmares, you guys. So let's talk about the big, the big scene where they're all stuck in like a super goth metal video. Like <laughs> it's, it's my life every Friday night. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, do I was, in I was New like, City? it was like Anne Rice. Like it was just very, you know.
2: Well, and extra. don't say don't like because takes her to the court of nightmares. You know. Yes. Uh, after she kind of ends up in his court permanently. And, like, the whole scene where she has to, like, play up being this, like, specific character with the outfit and how, like,
0: they're seducing each other.
2: And,
0: like, it's just such a thing. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, Like, It's just like there's, like, this, you can think of it. It's like they're in, like, a a dark metal club. I mean, we know they're under the mountain. They're in the court and there's a (laughs) castle. And, like, she describes it where, like, there's, like, creatures and gargoyles carved into everything and a lot of them are doing like you know lewd things to each other and it's,
1: like this... I said
2: it. it's, it's just like my my friday nights guys yeah like, yeah i
1: don't, because I don't, don't know the, what you're doing because that's the scary thing is like is the gargoyle copulation that's that's totally <laughs> scary like, <laughs> well,
0: I just think like she needed to make it like when she described the court of nightmares, it had to be more extra than Amarantha's court, right? Because it's the yeah. court that Amarantha was trying to was imitate. trying to recreate, yeah, yeah. So it's like this like insane like I mean Anne Rice is the only the only reference I can think of. It's just like it's a vampire court. <laughs> and, well, it's also it's also kind of our gut check with Reese, right?
2: Because right. he's got this reputation and. For the first, when we see the Court of Nightmares for the first time, we're like, oh, that's deserved. Like, it isn't just, you know, smoke and mirrors, right? Like, this is actually a thing, and this actually exists, and these people are awful, and they are awful in the same way that Amarantha is awful. Yeah,
0: we get we get a little bit of uh, Moore's history and how her family sold her and what she did to get out of the marriage with uh, the the heir of the... The court, the Autumn Court, and how when she when she uh, debased quotations used debased herself with Cassian. They beat her and nailed uh, a note to her and like dumped her in the Autumn Court where she was treated even worse. Uh, so they suck. We don't like these people. So you wonder right. why Reese puts up with them. I mean, we know that he has this mask. But it seems like, well, why is this a needed thing? Why do you need this buffer zone where it's like this hell court to keep people from really knowing? It's almost like Wakanda. But it only <laughs> it's like, but only if, if like, instead of just like letting people think they're not useful, you let not think they're like the most scary thing ever. So we're not going to mess with them. Well,
2: it's also, again, the, the sort of sheer terror of
0: of the Fae, right? Like yeah, these I guess people, that's the traditional fairy
2: but it's also like they are they have just as valid a role in the society as we kind of see later, right? Yeah. Um as the sort of sweet,
0: kind, happy townsfolk,
2: you know, of Valaris, like the artists and some and the
0: and the, yeah. <laughs> the candlestick makers <laughs> and the people who make all the really sexy lingerie. Let's not forget them.
2: <laughs> oh, let's not forget the sexy
0: lingerie, guys.
2: Um but yeah, like in some ways they are even more important
0: when it comes right down mm-hmm. to it. Like they're they're well, just yeah. as needed in this. Sometimes it's know? like, oh I now I understand why he has all these scary things in his kingdom. <laughs> right.
2: Well and I mean look at the weaver.
0: The weaver shows up later yeah. and is yep. very useful. <laughs>
2: yep. So this this is all a part of being a part of fairy. And I I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: it's also like part of me is a little like this is kind of like that scene where she a lot where she's faking intimacy with Reese. Like she's been sort of building an emotional intimacy with him, but there hasn't really been any physical intimacy. And now now she's suddenly dumped into this the situation where he's touching her and and it feels real for her and she keeps trying to tell herself it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. But that's because he told her it's not real. So it's now she's in this confused place. Right. Right. And I think mm-hmm. this kind of fucks her up. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, she hasn't been fucked with enough yet. Right. And I don't, she just doesn't trust herself. She's already questioning everything about how she feels and who she is because of all the shit with Tamlin. And she, she's kind of opening up for, to Reese and kind of like starting something up with him. And then this happens. Reese should not have done it. Reese should have been like, nah, you can stay home. Yeah,
2: you know, again it's it's that whole thing with these, like pushing her to be who he wants her to be as well and testing he her to see if she has he me. to. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he, wanted
1: he wanted to wanted show to. her all of himself and that is a side of himself, whether like even if it's not like his quote true self, it's part of his mask that like he has to play is the the High Lord of the Night Court and he needed to know if she could handle it. Now did he have to know right then whether she could handle it no it was just convenient no but i like we should give him a little
0: bit of a break because you know later on we find out like where he is emotionally in this kind mm-hmm. of whole journey and he's a lot farther along than Pharaoh yeah. is
1: and he's and, and, he and, and at that point wants- he's probably like oh my god like uh the I I have to know. I have to know if this is safe for me to like feel what I'm already feeling for this person.
0: Right. Well, I don't think he can help it at this point. I think he just wants to touch the thing he wants to touch. (laughs) Well, okay. What was that that about
2: his, what about that, uh, wingspan, Rachel?
0: Exactly. What about it? I've heard Asriel's (laughs) is bigger. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And 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 not never has wingspan. to talk about it, so you know, what you I don't know that, that, that silent confidence. <laughs> he does exactly.
0: He's got the wait, wait. wingspan. Wait, it's, it's it's Azrael with his gauntlets, right? Asriel <laughs> has the gauntlets because yes, that's yes, a whole going, thing. Too. Yeah, he yeah, he never takes them off because of his scarred hands. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Azrael it's, and the his stones of power <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> They all have stones of power. Cassian and Asriel each have seven.
1: Instead of two. I mean, that instead almost sounds one, like a deformity yeah, if you don't know two, what yeah. they
0: are. They have seven. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was fun. Uh, and then after that, uh, it's Starfall. Yes, yeah, Starfall. So that's one. That's that whole. Like, this is the one that all the, the fan art is of is the Starfalls. It was, you know, situation where they're mad at each other, they're not talking to each other, and then they go to essentially they're kind of like Christmas. I don't know what Starfall's supposed to be, <laughs> um, but you and Starfall. Yule. Okay. So we have
2: we had Cal and Mai with Tamlin, and of course that doesn't really go well for her, right? Um, in fact, that's sort of a fucked up mess in and of itself. But so now we have Starfall, which is now like sort of the mirror image right, of Kalamai on the Mm -hmm. other side of the year with Reese. And, um, of course, Tamlin does not show up. So, uh, you know, they're not, like, playing off of each other that way. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I mean, it is a nice – it's both nice and both really sad. Like, I think about Starfall a lot because – there's this throwaway line where they say that the stars are less and Reese can tell because it's been 50 years since he saw starfall last so he knows that like there there are less stars falling than the year before and he makes it feel like whatever whatever that journey is whatever because Amryn doesn't we know that Amryn doesn't like starfall right so it makes it feel like whatever it is is connected to what she used to be mm-hmm. so it's like are the are these creatures that are dying like i just I think about it. It seems really sad. Um,
2: really sad. Well, and again, so you have Reese, who's been under the mountain for 50 years, um, you know, coming back to, you know, we've talked about Thera and Tamlin and their trauma, but we haven't talked much about Reese's trauma. Yeah. And I felt like that came out in the scene, too. Like, you kind of, like, you know, he's one of those people who's like, all right, I'm going to be constructive and I'm going to deal with it. And here's what's coming next. But then in the scene, you do get a sense of that. Like, this is what we've lost. Yeah, and there's a scene before
0: that that, uh, where he has a nightmare and uh, Feyre goes to him to get him out of the nightmare. And she asks, how often does this happen to you? And he says, just as often as you. So you know that he's just he's dealing with it, but he doesn't really have anyone he can lean on, or that we see him leaning on. And he's not. um, And unlike, I
2: guess, unlike with Tamlin, who ignores her, like he acknowledges it, and it's just like you know, neither of us is in a place to deal with this together yet.
0: Yeah. Poor Reese. He's so stoic and. (laughs)
1: <laughs> self-aware he's,
0: like, he's self-aware he's in tu- he's not a man baby he's in touch with his brokenness but he's still working through it
1: well i actually i think Farah has a line at some point in the book once she decides that she's like gonna be in it with reese um that i'm broken but i'm healing and i thought that was fucking beautiful because yeah like that's that's in some ways, like, that's where all of us are. It's kind of what the journey of human life is, is, you know, like I'm, I'm getting there and I'm in a good enough place that you can come with me, that I can take your hand and you can come with me.
0: So I think this is a good uh, time to so we've talked about how like she is broken and healing, right? And she's starting to open up to Reese, and we're starting to see kind of that relationship bloom a little bit. And then they go to the Illyrian camp, right? And that which is cool, (laughs) because we get to hear and learn a little bit more about that Illyrian side, which is obviously very important to Reese and Cassian and Asriel, uh, but also kind of strangely brutal. And informs the way that they are and how we think of them. And then they gotta go out into the woods and Lucian shows up. Um, oh,
2: Lucian. Well, again, Tamlin. Like he's he's Tamlin's errand boy. Uh-huh.
0: And he's like, This is traumatizing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Like, yeah, and and she and she like grows wings and you know, is like, go away, get away from me. I wrote a letter. He's like, Yeah, you wrote a letter. We think you were like We think this guy's crazy and made you write that letter. I've come to save you. I mean, poor, like he's probably got this whole narrative in his head. That's just not what's really happening.
1: Yeah. I I actually got, I actually felt sorry for Lucian in that situation because I felt like he was genuinely like good intentioned, Like he genuinely felt like she was in danger or under, you know, Reese's mind control. And he, Was trying to help her, and well, think about the last time he saw Reese and Feyre interact. That
0: wasn't at the wedding, which is when he came to abduct her. Was when he in the first book when he came to them and like pushed her up against the wall and like invaded her mind, right? You know, when they were all eating. That's like that. Like Reese is nothing but a dick to Lucian. Like I, his point of view is fairly clear. Yeah.
2: Well, and you've got Tamlin's whole King of Denial situation going on, too. I mean, really, Tamlin is the King of Denial, and, um, you know, Lucien is obviously, you know, it's what Tamlin and he are talking about, so in that scenario, like, why would Lucien think, you know, anything differently
1: Right, he's come to
2: rescue
0: was. his friend, I guess, and right. she seems like she's been possessed. <laughs> <laughs> by a bad right. man and is doing bad things.
2: Well, and again, you know, she's, Tamlin tries to make her into such a victim, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of the whole situation. And so Lucian doesn't know how to handle this person who isn't being victimized you know He's I mean so she
0: wrote him. a letter that was like I'm P.S. I'm really not lying I'm not writing under this like I'm not writing under duress like all, <laughs> all we know is that he she disappeared and then never came back and then like what like a month later or something gets a letter that's like I'm not coming back <laughs>
2: although I mean listen I, listen has like, like I think listen acknowledged how terrible her being locked up in the house was. Yeah, but he right. didn't do
1: anything about it. He's like, I don't right? Know right, exactly. I don't want to but he, but he help. at least has the emotional capacity to recognize that maybe that she had wrong. a reason not to come back. Whereas Tamlin was exactly. like, What did I do wrong? Like, what was wrong with this? I was just protecting you.
0: Oh, Lucian knows. I mean, think about how like trashed the the manor is at this point, and how like shitty it all is. He's probably like, I don't <laughs> want to go back. Can I stay here? Can you please take me wherever you go? Please, right, race, race. <laughs> at me too adopt me <laughs> it's like... and then like and then pharaoh's acting the way she does in order to like keep you know her friends safe from tamlin
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that must just like really just really knock the, the wind out of any plans that lucian may have had or even half thoughts about defecting or trying to find another way I feel, yeah, I feel for Lucian in this scene, but also, what the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> like, That's generally my summation of Lucian, I think. Like, I feel genuinely bad for him,
2: but what the fuck is wrong
0: with him? Like, yeah, is it, is it time? I don't think it's this one. I think it's the third book, and this is, cover your ears. But, this, like, it's what, <laughs> Feyre, Feyre goes, like, has, like, a, has a Demati
1: moment where she, like, goes into Lucian's mind. And, like, no, that happens, well, that happens at least once in the second book where she, like, goes into his mind and it's like the most emo place. Ever. Yeah. And, then... and it's like all this sadness and despair and, like, this, like, long history. And she tells of Reese sadness that she does and... it.
0: And he's like, oh, wow. Well. It's depressing. <laughs> he's like, well, like what go... a horrible
1: place to go on your first parade into someone else's mind.
0: <laughs> it's It's like, all right, cool. Uh, but after all of that, uh, when they're, you know, running away, I guess we have the in scene where the most cringeworthy exchange, uh, when they're getting busy and he's like, well, what do you want, Feyre? And she's like,
1: I want a distraction. I want fun. (laughs) It's just like, I'm not willing to like actually put myself out there and say, I want you. I want a relationship. Um, Yeah, no, no. I just Just wanted to tear that
0: page out and throw it on the ground. I'm like, you want a distraction? That is not sexy. That's not, like, that's not even a way to deflect. Like, that's not... you know. but she has just been,
2: like, re-confronted with Tamlin's stupidity, right? Like, (laughs) this whole scenario is because Tamlin's being an asshole again, and she's just like,
0: fuck men, fuck all of them, like... I've Just had that moment. moment. We've yeah, all had that moment. There, right? it's fuck okay. all of them, yeah. like... That's The Nesta approach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> spoiler. Um, the So, yeah, we have the end scene, which is, you know, it's actually kind of sweet. Like, he goes and gets her food, and they have, like, the little, like, attic, and. You know they get busy a little bit, but he, it's all about her pleasure, which is just so like YA romance. I love it. And then uh, on the way back, they get attacked. <laughs> I'm gonna skip over this because we gotta get to good shit. Uh, they get attacked. Uh, uh, Reese is shot. Uh, Feyre kind of has to do some leapfrogging and her her emotional feelings about Reese. When she finds the cereal, good old surreal nor of things, nor of all, she knows that he's been poisoned and he's not getting better. Well, first, okay, back up just a tiny bit because Feyre does get to be a huge badass. So Reese gets shot. He falls from the sky. He drops her. They get separated. So she has to track him down because remember, even though Tamlin refuses to acknowledge, Feyre is an awesome tracker. <laughs> So she tracks down Reese, finds him in a cave where he's all, like, crucified with, like, arrows, ash arrows, through all of his bits and bobs, including his, his, his uh, wings. And she just <laughs> she just kills people, right? Like, boom, boom, boom. And suddenly she's winnowing. She's, like, she's through it. She's got her magic. So she saves him, brings him to, like, a little cove somewhere. And he's just not getting better because of the poison. So she goes to find the cereal. And he knows that, you know, we love the cereal we love the cereal, love the cereal. Need, a, need a magic answer? trap a cereal need to know <laughs> stuff?
1: it's not even like hard <laughs> no <laughs> no like and I love of a Christian. I love all the go. jokes that go around about the cereal you know where she's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go trap the cereal and
2: the cereal is that. like just text me <laughs>
0: Sereal oh memes God. are good. I love cereal
1: memes. Yeah, because it's just the like... best. The best. The, the best one that y'all have sent me is the L Woods one. Where oh, me. yeah. you <laughs> mean to well, tell me hard. you a human girl trapped a cereal What? Like it's hard. Hard. Like it's hard. <laughs> like it's
0: hard. <laughs> Shout out to Al- to Alice though. Alice is the one that told her you don't have to do all that shit. You could just give it clothes like Dobby. Yeah, like a giant Dobby. <laughs>
2: The serial, you know, the serial in Dobby, there
0: are many comparisons there, but we don't need to go there. Anyway. <laughs> but so, you know, she's getting that. She's like, oh, well, you know, you know, you've actually got magical blood. That's one of your, you know, powers from that you got from one of the other High Lords. So that and some, some cool, I don't know what it is, King's Foil, whatever the real version of that weed is uh, and then it, plant. yeah and then just kind of let slip oh whoops uh he's your mate <laughs> oops. Oops.
1: Oh, oh you didn't know oh oops. how
0: did you not know so th- i feel like the serial's been watching all of this go down and it's just so frustrated <laughs> like really like god this the plot line in the middle of this is just lagging i really wish they could do some quick editing boom, boom. <laughs> Stay with the High Lord, and everything will be okay. Uh, so yeah, so she finds out. I love the way she reacts because it's too real.
1: <laughs> she yeah, she's up. not happy. She's fucking pissed.
0: Yeah, she shows up. She throws shit. She just throws the weeds at him. Like they're, I imagine them like covered in like dirt and mud. And she just chucks the weeds at him. And then she's like, "Here, drink this. Okay, that's enough. Are you better now?" <laughs> and like. <laughs> And, like, there's that there's that one scene where Mass writes, like, right after she says, are you or are you not my mate? <laughs> and he's just, like, oh, I need to buy time. So he, like, <laughs> gets some of the root and, like, he's, like, just going to chew on the root for a while. <laughs> like, you miss a good root. I don't know what I'm supposed to say right now. <laughs> And then, and then she winnows, well, I guess he winnows them back to the, to the Illyrian cabin where everyone else is, but she leaves his ass in the mud. Yeah, she just,
2: like, drops him off. She's just like, here, you deal with it, like, and, like, stalks off, you Take know, this. leaves.
1: Yeah. Well, no she uh, she she gets more. She's like, more, take me somewhere, anywhere. I don't care, but I need to be anywhere other than like here with him right now."
0: And more so she, she doesn't argue, she doesn't like worry about split loyalty. She just does the thing that her friends her friend needs her to do in that moment.:
2: Well, and there's that like boys are stupid uh, <laughs> sort of understanding, which I really appreciated.:
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Which moves us to House of Mist, the shorter <laughs> part of this discussion. Hopefully, uh, well,
2: we you know we opened the discussion talking about Feyre and her painting,
0: yes, right,
2: and then like so we've kind of come full circle when we show up now in the cabin that because is she starts true. painting she, again,
0: and she she paints everything, right? It's not that she starts painting again; it's that she paints everything. She paints everything. every surface in the cabin, whether they like that or not.
2: And, and, you know, it also kind of harkens back to the very, very beginning of the series when she's painting her human family's stuff, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because there's that whole discussion of how when she has a little bit
0: of paint, she paints to make their lives a little bit more beautiful, whether they want it
2: or not. Whether they want it or not.
0: Yep. (laughs) And that comes in, you know, like, she she gets to stay by herself and kind of work through her feelings and all that shit. And then she realizes, you know, no, Reese isn't so bad. And he finally shows up and he tells her his side of the story. And I've read in interviews that this book uh, was originally half from Faye's point of view and half from Reese's point of view. But they, you know, she decided it gave too much away. To have Reese's point of view, so she kind of, you kind of get a sense of what it was going to be like in that, like, crammed in half a chapter where Reese is telling Feyre his
1: whole side of the story. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, um, that's, that's interesting to know, and I'm glad that it was written the way it was because, like. I, I'm most, most, like, romance novels are written from that dual point of view, and most of the time it, like, really adds a a good amount of dramatic irony, but I think in a story like this where you're not sure at the beginning who's the hero, and you do have to, like, have that emotional experience of, like, Having the Tamlin rug yanked out out from under you. And then, like, having to learn how to, like, do you trust Reese and decide that for yourself? Like, the impact of her learning that and you learning it with her is, like, it's so hard. Like, you, you, like... Yeah, I mean, it,
0: it... I even in my reread and I've just probably like the fifth time I've read the book it's still just like this whole like rush when you read it because it's like oh mm-hmm. it's all happening it's all happening everyone's having so many emotions and they're all aligning and I didn't know this before because he didn't tell the truth and
1: because he was afraid and you know it's like mm-hmm. it it really it does just, have like, this immediately... amazing payoff. Yeah, like you immediately like want to go back and reread the first book and like okay, where every scene with Reese like thank god for Kindle yes. and like word search, I can find every literally every thought she had about him yes. and every There word you are. I've been looking for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um um
0: I I do enjoy that. The thing I don't like is the stupid soup heating. I think that's dumb. <laughs> You know, I think we needed a little
2: bit of a normal break, though, and that's kind of what I felt like this whole, like, interlude is. I mean, yes, it's the uh, emotional culmination of of a lot of what's happening, but it's also, like, a break for both of them where they've, you know, like, they have this moment to really heal together And you get to do some of the mundane, like, we are not in the court of nightmares, we're not running through the forests of Illyria. like, we're not dealing with monsters. I mean, we may be dealing with the monsters of our own emotions, but we're not dealing with actual monsters. Um, We get to paint again, we get to have some soup, like, we get to, like, get warm, we get to warm up, we get to have a bath, I mean, like... Multiple baths multiple baths, Rug, baths, burns, baths. Rug burns, all those things. She paints everything. <laughs> she literally paints everything, guys. <laughs> she, uh, there's a lot of painting happening. Bad. Yep, <laughs> everything. Uh, so, yeah, so this whole, like, moment is sort of, like,
0: a recuperating
2: moment, I think,
0: I <laughs> like, I, everything. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like they have like all this emotional growth where they like pledge themselves to each other and like they're even talking about like whether or not like they're going to get traditionally married or if they're going to do a mating ceremony or like all this stuff, which is like a lot. It's a lot. Uh, But you're like, okay, the book's over. No, the book's not over. What? No, the book's not over. The, of course not. And it's one of the it's one of the things I like about these books, though, because you're like, oh, it's going to end here, and then it keeps going. No, because it's like, <laughs> oh, are you happy? Let's. Are you really happy? Yeah. Okay. Let's make sure that that doesn't. After we have the soup heating and all of that stuff, they return to fully confront the queens who suck, <laughs> and basically they give up everything. Tell them all about Valaris, which I think was a mistake, but they do it anyway. And the queens are like, cool, thanks for telling us, bye. And I, I mean, I, I know I agreed with them and like why they shouldn't do it, but it's like, okay, fine. But you said that you would help him if he could convince you and he convinced you and you still just decided to fuck off
1: and do the hybrid thing.
0: Well, and I just, it's, again. I just hate I mean, that.
1: Everyone sucks.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's
1: the one <laughs> Except the golden-haired queen, the lion, the lioness queen. right. yeah, the lion queen who comes back later. That's the queen
0: um, who is the queen? We're gonna have to talk about this. so you know in the, this is a third book thing, but there's mention of the of her again and there's this other there's this other queen um that has a curse on her and it's very much like this is another book series and i would not be surprised if M- if mass does write that as a book series but yeah i think that's her her kingdom as well as this this other random character with this phoenix uh but yeah so she leaves the other half of the book amryn has everything she needs to decode they're going to go kick hyburn's ass and then they show up and everything goes to shit immediately mm mm-hmm. mhm
1: and I call this, is, this is, uh, yes.
0: the plan versus doing nothing according to the plan. Yes.
1: Why can't it ever be easy? Why can't it just be easy?
0: <laughs> it, it It's it's just like they have everything worked out. They're like, this is the way it's going to be, and Faber's going to use her powers like this, and this is how we're going to get there, and this is what everyone's job is, and it's going to work. And it just immediately goes shit because of fucking Tamlin. Oh, Tamlin <laughs> is
2: the worst. Tamlin.
0: Because Tamlin, well, it's really Ianthi, but like whatever, it's Tamlin. Like goes it's and Samlin. and goes and gets her sisters. She's not gonna kill her sisters. <laughs> no, I mean that scene is amazing. When when you know, because it just everything just keeps like getting ramped up because we haven't really met Highburn and then like suddenly he's there and he's kind of described as this unassuming looking guy. He's not like scary looking the way that Mm -hmm. uh, that Tamlin or Amarantha or even Reese is. He's just this guy but he has all this power and he because of the spells that he can do he's able to just nullify and fight and he and he has the cauldron and there's nothing they can do and all the queens show up and they're fucked and nothing that they wanted to work out works out. And then, and then, and then, and then, and, then, and he just keeps ratcheting everything up, which is a thing that Mass does so well because it's like you think that you've reached like Super Saiyan, like Kamehameha era, and then she just keeps going. Everything just keeps getting bigger. And like that third book's almost exhausting because of the way the battles just keep getting ratcheted up. But it, I love it. At the same time, it's like great anime. Uh, But so she, so Elaine and Nesta get shoved into the cauldron to see what will happen. Well,
2: and you know, and the way that
0: Nesta, but I mean, like Elaine goes in the way that we think she would, which is like fighting. But the way that Nesta goes in and the way that it's described, because Nesta Nesta goes in with that finger, like. (laughs) <laughs> well, and of course,
2: Nesta, like, I can't remember if they say at the end of this book or if it's in the third book, and I hate that we keep talking about the third book, but how can we not? <laughs> um, but like, what Nesta comes out, like, her power coming out of this cauldron is so appropriate. Like, it's so Nesta, it's so. Yeah, it's so Nesta.
0: Yeah. That's the third book, just... though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but as she's going key. in, where she's like shaking her finger at the at the King of Highburn, you know, he's just like, ah, I'm gonna get you, you asshole! Like it's just so it's almost like she's a monster like the Weaver, you know? It's like yeah, she is. She's, she's fairer is. looking, but she's still got that like just nastiness to her. Well, she's the human version of,
2: of yeah. the fairy
0: monsters,
2: which is totally. great. This is
1: why I like Nesta. Yeah, she is I, awesome. I, See, I I didn't, I didn't think that it was monstrous at all. She's just, she just has that like so much force of will. It's like she can, she can almost manifest things just by being stubborn. And it's really kind of like, oh, you guys fucked up. You had no idea what you just brought. Wait, Krithi, forever, yeah, (laughs) to live with you forever. Congratulations.
0: It's like you done, you done wrong. You've done you stupidness. And then you think, well, it can't get any worse than this. Like her sisters just got shoved into the cauldron. Like everything's gone to shit. Like they have no allies. Hybrid's invading. The queens are gonna let them, everyone's gonna die. And it's like, oh, by the way, uh Tamlin's here, and Tamlin still thinks that you've been like abducted and, and brainwashed. And, and brainwashed Demodied by
1: this guy. Obedience.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna break your bond. <laughs> <laughs> uh... and it's it's you know it's it's the mirror scene to when amarantha is killing killing uh right and and is yelling then and it happens again where it's it's being broken and reese is yelling and like crawling for her and it's just like it's happening again
2: (laughs) well and it's almost it's so much worse this time around like the first time was awful enough But the first time I read the scene, like, it made me feel physically sick, right? Like, I just, at the end of it, I was just like, oh, oh, no. Like, no,
0: not again. And really, up until this point, we've still thought that the bond was because of the bargain that he made with her. And then it kind of gets a little...
1: Is is that what y'all thought?
0: Well, so it gets a little hazy, right? Because it's like, okay, he made this bargain. That's the bond. That's what he's been saying the bond is the whole book. But then you realize that they're mates. And you're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this is the mating bond. But then when Highburn breaks the bond, she tricks you into thinking that Highburn is breaking the mating bond.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: But he's, but he's not. Can't break that.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that 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 did not surprise me, like, in the least. And this is just true. because I've read... I mean, I've read a lot of romance novels, but, like, that's always the trope, is that, like, if you have a mating bond, it is unbreakable. Like, that's...
0: Well, um, I mean, it's immediately given away, right? Where she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, no, I'm... Oh, Tamlin? Tamlin, where am I? Save me! And it's like, oh, okay, this is bullshit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, my by the by the end of this book i was just like i was so happy i was like i look forward to uh to watching you fuck up Tamlin's shit just like you promised him you would if he ever tried to steal I you back i think reese is too i think and he's too stupid to believe you yeah so reese is definitely looking and into... he, he's for fuck it him. <laughs> like fuck tamlin like fuck him. he fuck has him.
0: no idea he has no clue well it's it's just it's great because they have this secret bond right and then mm-hmm. and then like when they get back right when when Reese windows them all out and they're gone and amron's like ah uh, where's Farah? <laughs> and then he <laughs> reveals that not only are they mates but remember how tamlin said there's no such thing as a high lady <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Tamlin yeah there, yeah there is yeah there is there's high ladies <laughs> and then like uh I forget if it's Cassie and or Azrael who says it but they're like are you telling me <laughs> that my high lady has just walked into the it's like yeah yeah that's what I'm telling you and Aaron's like go fucking get her and Reese is like nah she's fine this is all according to last minute plan <laughs>
1: always have a plan b that i didn't plan until i just went with it (laughs) yeah well that, that 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 was like the one place where it was so appropriate to have like the split point of view chapter and to actually have the the one from his point of view and the one from hers but i i love that he even though like in his mind he's like she did this because she still doesn't understand her value and like that yeah that like that hurt you're just like oh my god well because it so goes back
0: true. to the there's a conversation that they have earlier on where he's like is that what it would take for you to go back is like he would he would go to war for you and that would that would make you that would make you love him again and she's like well no i wouldn't go back because that would mean he loves me she's like i would go back because i don't want people to die mm-hmm. she's like i'm not worth people dying she's like yeah, i would not and- want to go back but and- i would
2: and I think that's also the moment where she... I mean, not that she needed to prove this. She's already proven it. But it, it really, again, shows that she and Reese are on the same level in terms yeah. of leadership. You know, in a way that Tamlin is not.
1: And so what he says to... I, th- I think it might have it actually been Moore who said that. But what he says is, no, your High Lady made a sacrifice for her court and you will honor it and respect it. And, you know, it was basically... Like the same way they had to do when he did that for all of them. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's exactly like what, you know, what you said, Lauren, like saying like they're, they're on the same page. They, they're on, they resonate with each other. They understand each other. And they're confident,
0: and they're confident enough in each other where they don't have to lock each other up to keep each other safe. Like, mm-hmm. if they need to go out and do something crazy risky to help the other, then they can do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Reese is not going to
1: lock her up in the manner. You know, <laughs> he's never going to do that. Yeah, he wants he 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 knows that if she's worthy of him, then that's like. You know, she has to be free to be her best self to be worthy of him. And then he has to have that same freedom, too, to be worthy of her. And it's, like, kind of it's kind of what it should be.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tamlin really
1: doesn't stand a chance against her, like... <laughs>
2: You're stupid, Tamlin. I mean, you have to be a little sympathetic at this point because you're just like, it's kind of like Nista saying you don't know what you just did,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I she,
2: no, thing. you don't
1: have to You don't have to be sympathetic to him. He's a goddamn asshole and he's a fucking misogynist. He couldn't accept, like, that she was strong. He couldn't accept her for what, he, for what she is, even though she fucking saved his ass, like, multiple times in the first book. He has the fucking gall a, I, to, like, I, I have, not, I've, like... I have, think can for anyone,
2: I have sympathy for anyone who's just that plain stupid. I mean, I think that's what it comes <laughs> down to, right? Like, at the end of the day, he's just so stupid. Samlin, is cool. Like, he's just right? he's stupid to live. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, how how have you gotten this far? Seriously. You shouldn't have gotten this far. That's a moral of the
0: story. <laughs> he sure he shouldn't that. have. I mean, he yeah. wouldn't have if it hadn't been for <laughs> Lucian, basically. Like...
2: You dude, know. You know, yeah, you
0: know. dude would have like just sat there and yeah. like green manned out and become a tree or something. Like he wouldn't have. Probably he wouldn't have been done better anything.
2: for for everyone if he had.
0: He's one of the ways. crying willow trees. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. He is one of the crying willow trees. Like just, he's just a little more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's not uh, anchored like. That.
0: <laughs> he's the bumping man i it's it's so much happens after the cabin that's almost like that could have been its own book almost because it's like they have to plan it and execute it and then fuck it up and then like all the shit that's going down with nesta and i think it's also masterful too because we hate nesta and elaine we don't give a fuck about them they suck but she has just kind of very subtly woven enough personality and enough pathos into them that that compared com, combined with what they mean to Fera at the end when they're thrown into the cauldron like it's like oh shit yeah. <laughs> like it means something you're not just like eh, i don't care now or or is is jurian back in the second book does yeah. he does he show
1: up yeah do you remember jurian Yes, Jurian definitely shows up, but he's um, kind of like a, a, a throwaway character. See, I feel and like
2: he does at the very end.
1: He's there, like, right? He's there at the end. Yeah, he's there at like, the yeah, end. He's, he's yeah, there. There at the like, end. And
2: I like, but he doesn't I really anything. like Jurian, That's... even though I don't like him at the same time. You know, like he's I mean, he's got... he's been
0: thoroughly wronged a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got beef.
2: He's got real beef, in all of this. You know, he's got to like, squash that
0: beef for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame Jurian for like any of his actions I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've been a Absolutely. ring. You've been an eyeball ring for how many
0: years. <laughs> and like... you lost your girlfriend and you got tortured to death and yeah. And yeah.
1: then you got turned into an eyeball ring and you <laughs> like, had I don't to like you, I don't all want this to invite you over, but shit. i I'm I totally you get
0: you. Yeah, yeah, I get you, you can
1: go over there. <laughs>
0: totally. And it's so funny because like that first book has like three characters in it four Uh (laughs) this book it's just like every section she's like oh more more look at all these people there's just more and more people that you love and you love all of them in like a weird way like you Mm -hmm. even love to hate them like jurian or you know it's just it's so masterful and all done really in the lat in the second half of the second book it's a a lot to do it's a very busy book it's yeah, like no, very and again, long. like,
2: it just keeps going. Like, you're like, very okay, long. this is a good stopping point. No, no, it's not a good stopping point. It's just, like, keeps
0: going. They're on. not healthy books. They're not healthy books. They're the kind of book that you're like, it's 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> but
1: I have to keep going. <laughs> but I'm i should stop going. Now. <laughs> well, well, this going to keep going. Well, this was the first book where – because I, I know Rachel had, like, talked about um, – I don't know if we actually talked about it on the podcast or if it's just like us in texts, but like talking about how cool these books would be to cosplay. And this was the first book where I started like seeing visions. And at the point when I started seeing stuff was when they go to visit the Summer King and I was in the Summer Court and I was just like, this is where I'm like getting like the really, like, I want to make that costume. I want to see that costume. Also, by the way, Summer Court totally reminded me of the beginning of Snow Queen and like the happy fisherman village and like it's rainbows all the time everywhere. And the, you know, um, but yeah, like I, I would definitely, um, be up for some, uh, Prithian fashion, uh, in my life. So
0: I'm glad, so I'm, I'm very happy that you enjoyed this book. Any last thoughts?
1: Um, well, my, uh, my last thought is a, is a counter proposal to me, uh, assigning a book which is okay let's let's finish up this series and then i will assign you a response <laughs> okay
0: my counterproposal to your counter <laughs> my counterproposal <laughs> to your counterproposal is that you're going to read the third book which is 10,000 pages long and <laughs> since it's only an extra 2,000 pages you should just tack on the the fourth, nove- the fourth. like the christmas special novella just tack okay. that on so we can talk about the whole thing holistically um okay. And that way, we don't have to do two episodes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah? And and Lauren, would you like to join us?
2: (laughs) I would, of course. I have to finish this journey with you guys. Thank you. Not be a part of this. We
0: will. We've come so far, guys. We've
2: come so far through so many trials (laughs) and through so much Cameron douchiness.
0: (sighs) It ain't over with yet. (laughs) Yes. All right, as traditionally, we have been closing out with the same three questions. so the first question that I have for both of you is, "Is it fashion is it yes fashion yes. is it fashion I think yes, a hundred percent I think fashion is in it to win it, and it 's really important to the story and mm-hmm. whether we're talking about illyrian leathers or the dresses that Moore you know wears to assert her personality. Um, or the
1: Summer King's fucking awesome wave crown.
0: Yeah, his wave crown. Like there there's like so much cool fashion in these books. Don't forget a quart nightmares, guys. My Friday nights. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what Maybe we found in Saint <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and I mean, like. Yeah, like the armor that the the Cassian and Azriel wear. Like they have they have like their leathers that they wear like normally, but then they have like their like crazy armor with the seven siphons and like all and like the I forget what they they call their swords, but they have the swords that go down their backs. That's really cool. And then of course Amran who needs nothing, she just wears like sweatpants.
1: Well, but she also craves jewels, right? Everyone brings she's her blood. jewels. Like I, Sweatpants I know and she's jewels. not described this way, but here's how I picture Amryn, the uh, the the sort of magical one in Death Becomes Her, who just wears like the jewels. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, isn't that? Isn't that? Um,
0: uh, not Isabella Rossellini, her daughter. Um uh but the Rossellini. Yes. No, it is Isabella Rossellini because it is? it's Ingrid Bergman's daughter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's just like that. <laughs> Only shorter. She's very short. It's very important that you realize that she's very short. <laughs> <laughs> um All right, what's the second question? Murder Mary fuck. Who would you marry who would,
1: who would you murder? Who would you marry? Who would you fuck? Well, this
2: easy, I think. Well, Elena what would you say?
1: Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that's an easy one. I'm going to murder Tamlin. I'm going to fuck more. going to marry Reese at the end. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good. That, 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 that'll that be a good night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I might fuck Azrael or Cassian.
0: Or <laughs> both.
1: It could
2: just be both. It could be a sandwich.
0: You could get... You could... They would be... I think they'd They would. It. They, they would
2: totally would
0: do it. For one totally. night, they would
2: be down. <laughs> Literally. Anyway. Literally,
0: they would be down. They would be so <laughs> down. Oh, I don't, like, mine is more. I think I think I would murder. You know what?
2: I would marry the cereal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, the cereal would make such a good, like, life partner. I might fuck the Weaver. And oh, no, that's No, right. no, the Bone Carver. We could
2: go the Bone Carver route on this one. Well, what does the Bone Carver
0: I, look like to you? It looks different to everyone.
2: <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. So, marry the cereal, fuck the Bone Carver, kill the
1: Weaver. There we go. All right. You weren't kidding about that Court of Nightmares being your Friday night. No, oh, <laughs> it's totally my Friday
0: night. Old school man. what can we say? <laughs> mm. I just, I want to murder Elaine. I know that's wrong, but I hate her. She's so <laughs> She's
2: stupid. So She's so, so... yeah. i to
0: murder Elaine. I'm going to be that person. Um, I can't decide if I want to marry or fuck Cassian. I think I'm going <laughs> to marry Cassian. I think like, I think he's got like the long standing. I think he can go the long way he
1: okay, can go the long distance rachel yes
0: <laughs> how's his wingspan there rachel i don't know. uh and i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna fuck no risa's too emotional asriel's no nope <laughs> not doing that Amran would eat me
1: you could always look at the summer court. There's some. I was gonna say summer court, there. summer court. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarkin. Tarkin's good. Yeah. That'd be fun.
1: He would be
2: good. He'd be very good.
0: Yeah. Alright, that's that's my choice, guys. Solid <laughs> choices was, all. I felt that yeah, that was hard. Um and then our final our final question that we always say is, Is there a worm in it? <laughs> there's I think a memory of a worm. Yeah, we had the Midgard worm from, in the first book. I don't think we technically have any worms in the second one.
1: Yeah, I don't think we do either. We don't even have, like, a dragon to, ca- to call, like, a, you know. Well,
0: so sometimes <laughs> I, I spell it worm, and sometimes I spell it worm with a Y. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, although, I, you know, the weaver the does
2: have a little bit of that sense, right? She's like, definitely the, the like, monsters. she's yeah. the monster that isn't necessarily, like, um, actively evil she just is due to her nature kind of like the Min guard right uh, and we woes. and and then we
0: have and we have amran who likes to hoard jewels which is dragony mm-hmm.
2: she yeah. Might,
0: so. yeah she might be a secret dragon we don't know yet she could be a secret dragon we don't dragon. know yet all right cool so then after this uh we will read that book whose name i can't read too many d- descriptive we're gonna, a series. Court? Like, we're... We're, we're gonna finish a court? A, series. a court of fury and roses no <laughs> no a court of wings uh, and ruin it's, it's god super damn it goth. okay a court of rings and Ru- rings and every I, just time. To, I just want to shout out to the fact that this book the book that we just read a court of mist and fury she wanted to call it house of wind or the Court of the court of Wind or something like that. She said this at the signing. And they—they they, her publisher was like, you can't call it that because wind means farts in the UK. <laughs> so now whenever I get to the House of Wind chapter, I'm like, it's the House of Farts. <laughs> Which is great because this next book is the House of Wings and Wing. I don't know what it is. So I'll just call that and we're going to... Combine it with uh, Frost and Starlight, which is the little novella, the Christmas special. Uh, And then we will be done with Mass for a little bit. For a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Until the next one comes out. Because it isn't done. She did announce that there's going to be more in the court books. So that's cool.
2: It'll be interesting to see what direction she decides to take with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we'll talk more about that in our next episode because the preview in Frost yes. and Starlight that's on brand. <laughs> yes. Yes, very I much am so. Into it. All right. So, uh thanks for the super long episode, guys. Uh and I will talk to you soon. All Have right. Have a good night. Thanks for letting me join you. As yeah, always, nice it way. was a blast. <laughs> Bye good night,
2: darlings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>